If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za. Always exciting to speak to you, Linde, especially on the back of uh, the uh, profound growth that your business has really unlocked across the continent by addressing a critical need through energy, but implementing very innovative solutions. And maybe that's a good place to start, Linda, is that you're an entrepreneur, you've sourced these solutions and you've been able to roll them out across the continent. What a lot of financiers tend to neglect is that there are many more lenders out there who are entrepreneurs, who are in the SME segment and actively want to participate in the just transition uh, of the country. Talk to us to where the gaps are and how this led to this partnership you formed with APSA. Uh, thanks. So uh, you're quite right, Gugu. As much as many people would say uh, they'd want to get to where DLO has, has gotten, I think we would have gotten far had we addressed a lot of these initial funding issues quite earlier on in our own growth and progression. So what we've done is we've created um, a roundtable to discuss how we can fund early stage development in the renewable energy space, especially for local developers, right? What we tend to find is that there's um, a lot of international players in the space, which is good for the economy and good for uh, foreign investment into South Africa, but equally we need to make sure that the rate of our local developers is is growing uh, as well. And what we tend to find in the renewable energy space, unlike in technology, we don't have that startup capital to to get us going to fund these projects when they're at an initial and early stage. And um, what we're going to be discussing at the roundtable alongside with APSA as well as other DFIs and um, and funders is how can we address this issue where there is a clear gap in early stage funding for local developers? And second to that is how do we support our local SMEs who provide services to the energy sector to be able to be sustainable and to be able to grow? Because as we transition, we need to make sure that these companies are not being left behind. I'm glad you highlight this, Linda. I've had the fortunate opportunity to speak to entrepreneurs who essentially say, well, the money's not there or the money's not being released. And then their financiers, specifically banking institutions that say, well, there's a lot of money out there, but SMMEs are not adequately prepared to make sure that they can qualify for the funding, especially within the energy space, which space, which has high levels uh, of compliance uh, in terms of an industry focus. Talk to us about meeting in the middle ground here, uh, solutions that might have worked for DLO, but also some themes that will be discussed at the round table. Um, and that's spot on, Google. It's a mixture of both, right? It's a mixture of the availability of the appropriate funding. So there's a lot of funding for senior debt in our sector. Um, so uh, how we structure ourselves is through project finance structures. But there isn't enough money that is in the pool right now for early stage development. By that, I mean when you are starting to develop an energy project from the ground up, you need startup capital. You need money for working capital um, to get the projects to where they need to be. And that is what is missing. The banks are also correct that sometimes when they are dealing with SMEs, they're not adequately uh, structured with the right management teams at times. Or um, in some instances, they don't have uh, the required compliance and, and documentation, and that's something which is very important. So we're not looking to just discuss the problems at the roundtable. 
and AFSA and us have been very proactive to say we want to find solutions to these. One of the things DLO has also launched as, as a leader as well in the, in, in the energy sector is a skills initiative. We started rolling that out where mm-hmm. we are training SMEs one on the opportunities that are um, available within the energy sector, but also how to be ready to be able to access those opportunities when they do come, especially around funding. So we're teaching some of these SMEs how to read financial models, how to model how to evaluate a financial model, how to put together an information memorandum. These are critical when you're going on a fundraising uh, round. So it's important that SMEs are also adequately prepared, but also that funders understand the price of SMEs when it comes to this issue of uh, startup capital within our sector. Mm. And this is so important, Linda, because I'm actually uh, reflecting on how you've described not only do we need to uplift the necessary skills, but make sure that uh, businesses and manufacturers also have the necessary capacity to plug in to the supply chain environment in South Africa. Uh, And this is also reflected on a commentary that you've previously made uh, suggesting the high levels of solar panels that have had to be imported from markets like China instead of just manufacturing our own. Uh, Expand on this and if the opportunities that our peers across the continent are also undertaking um, that we could potentially learn from? Most definitely, um, Gugu. We, we really need to find a way to, to not be a mass importer of, um, of goods, right? We, I think last year we, we imported uh, two gigawatts worth of solar panels. We do have one local, I think it's one local player, but the biggest challenge is always to compete with China on technology as well mm-hmm. as um, funding in terms of um, they get quite adequate government support, which um, at times we don't in South Africa. So we're not then able to adequately compete. So for me, I think the real opportunity we need to start looking at at South Africa because we are at a stage where I can say we are a relatively mature renewable energy market that we've had this uh, program on for over a decade now. And what I'd like to have seen is an increase in, at least at the bare minimum, local assembly, um, more investment into research and development, uh, and more uh, building up the local capacity for taking up these opportunities. One thing many people forget is that over 80% of of our power still comes from coal. But once the just energy transition comes here, we tend to forget what will happen to those companies in the value chain that are servicing coal. Are they adequately ready to take up the opportunity in the new economy, which is the green economy? What I'm also intrigued by, Linda, is that uh, not only have you found opportunities in South Africa's energy space, but also across the continent. Recently, that's been through the conclusion of uh, acquisitions locally, the wind farm, as well as the partnership with Conco Energy. But you've also been someone who is very open to listening, learning, engaging with our peers across the continent and the world to become globally competitive and yet locally relevant. Talk to us about some of the opportunities that lie within partnerships, especially across the continent, to plug the energy gap. I think there's an opportunity for South Africa to start being an exporter of power within the region, over and above the current export that is being done predominantly by Eskom. I think um, once you have a private sector play uh, and the grid infrastructure to support that, 
we we ought to be exporting. I think there ought to be a collaboration again between South Africa and countries like the DRC, where we source most of the raw materials for the green economy, especially for renewable energy um, power plants um, and, and the batteries. We should be looking at ways in which the resources that are harvested or you know or mined in Africa are actually being um, utilized within the African continent for our own benefit as well, not just being a mass exporter of uh, raw materials. I'd like to see South Africa taking a lead role in, in, you know, carving out some of those negotiations, especially around uh, countries like the DRC, uh, as we've seen challenges there uh, with the mining uh, sector and um, exploitation of child labor as well. We want to also see um, bigger collaborations between the the African power pool, right? Um, Mm -hmm. There is right now from the Southern Africa power pool, obviously there's a a collaboration regionally, but I think that we ought to be sharing knowledge from what we've learned and our expertise uh, within each region. There are other countries. South Africa is not the only one that's doing quite well in its renewable energy plan. I've seen countries like Kenya really uh, have also come up in terms of uh, power generation. And um, there are lessons learned across the continent. But what I'd like to see is more collaboration at a governmental level and also more um, cutting off the red tape that allows private sector to really come in and play and uh, and see how we can really start making an imprint uh, on the African continent, especially when it comes to the export um, of power within the region. Linda, I can imagine when we talk about SME, it can cover a very wide scale of businesses in terms of size and the revenue streams, but it is important that we get the right people at the conversations and uh, also ensure that those who can be groomed for future success also actively participate. But give us an understanding of the kind of entrepreneurs we're looking to have engage on this critical matter taking place on the 5th of March. So we've invited, we've, we've been very wide in our invitation in the sense that we've invited uh, lenders, first of all, from across fields, so your development finance institutions, uh, as well as your commercial banks. I, I think they're a critical part of the conversation. Um, and we've also invited a variety of SMEs, so some of the, 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 the local um, developers that participated in the public sector uh, bidding rounds under the Renewable Energy IPP program. We've also invited um, smaller players that are suppliers into uh, the energy sector. So logistics companies, uh, solar panel cleaning companies. We've also invited uh, um, ETC and O&M companies, etc. But we've been very, very... Um, wide in our outreach and also looked at companies uh, led by youth as well because I think at times the youth is excluded uh, from this uh, discussion around renewable energy and uh, there are many opportunities for youth uh, within the sector and in particular we invited one young lady who um, started a solar cleaning company uh, having come from a marketing background. So we've been quite diverse so that it's not always the the same uh, faces around the table. We've also invited funds 
private equity funds um, to see where they can also plug the gap. We realize that it's not um, a solution that can be done by one funder. Um, it needs a collaboration, like I say, between the commercial banks, your private equity players, um, your DFI, uh, where, where, where possible. So it is going to be a wide conversation. And the association with able to open up this uh, discussion to some of their clients as well. 100%. Linda, such a pleasure engaging you this evening and looking forward to some of the outcomes. There's so many more layers to this conversation that we can unpack, right? Beyond just energy generation and electricity generation capacity. It's the transmission. It's, of course, monitoring uh, how it is sold to different stakeholders in the country and, of course, the uh, implications that that might have for various economies. But always a pleasure speaking to you and looking forward to favorable outcomes on the back of this event. Thanks again. If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.